Today, I will not stress over the things I cannot control. If you live with anxiety or depression, you're not alone. Linden Oaks Behavioral Health is here to help you manage your symptoms so you can live your best life. Visit eehealth.org anxiety, and our experts will connect you with treatment in your area, including our location in Hinsdale. Help for anxiety and depression close to home. Linden Oaks Behavioral Health. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Sided Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis, as usual. Things are kind of weird right now because everything was riding pretty good the past week or so on this road trip, part of this 20-plus days of consecutive baseball with no breaks. Then we got to Milwaukee, and the first two games, uh, yeah, not good. The lead was five going into Milwaukee. Going into the finale of the series, the game um, that will be played between Jolice Chassin and Jose Quintana, which right now we're recording, that score has remained to be seen. Uh, the lead is three games, so it could either be four if they win or two if they lose. By the time you're listening to this, you're probably going to know the results already, so we're just going to play out both scenarios on the show, and we'll also have a lot more. Um, Adam? Welcome to the show, as usual. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I am just fine. Uh, so I mentioned the Milwaukee situation. Um, obviously, would love to not get swept. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, they did not get swept and they did win. But you may be listening to this after a sweep. And obviously, things would be a little different for each scenario. Um, but... They're still in first place no matter what. And it would still take a pretty big collapse by the Cubs not to win the division. But not winning this series, regardless of the last game, obviously still kind of has the Brewers in the hunt. Um, I don't know what you think of the first two games so far, but it really hasn't been pretty. What first two games? I've I've totally forgotten about them already. I I mean, not ideal. Hate to see that, but it happens. And you know, if the Cubs win tonight, they'll they'll be okay. It'll they'll be in decent shape. Four game lead, not too bad. Uh, sounds a whole lot better than a two game lead, which really starts to make you sweat. I think. But yeah, this is just a really poorly played series all around, and they need a rebound tonight, especially from Quintana. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is worth noting just kind of remember this, it was almost this exact same time last year where the Cubs and Brewers played a three-game series. The Cubs were up five games, and then the Brewers swept them. That was at Wrigley Field. I was at one of those games, the first night game ever at Wrigley Field, uh, Friday night game, uh, I should say. But yeah, they got swept, and the lead was down to two, but they did still win the division by six games or something like that. I mean, they, they won it pretty easily by the last few weeks uh, of the season, but still it's not a situation you like to be in now. Really? 
going into the series, you wanted to win the series, but winning one game in the series is really all you kind of needed to do to stay status quo, I guess, because even with a series loss, a win would mean the Brewers would only gain one game essentially. So if they do get that game three win, that would be nice, but Let's play worst-case scenario right now. By the time we're recording, we're about a half hour away from first pitch. So, worst-case scenario, they lose, they get swept, their lead is down to two, and they have to go to Washington, D.C. to play a very different Nationals team now, one that's kind of sold off. We have Daniel Murphy, the Cardinals have Matt Adams, and things are not really the same the last time we saw the Washington Nationals. How worried would you be if at all, the lead was down to two games. Um, I I would be I'd be pretty worried to be honest with you. As much as I would love to tell you, oh, it's the, everything will be just fine. It's you know, this is crunch time, and this is something that Cubs fans have not been used to for the last uh, couple years. Uh, I think by this point, it's been a pretty comfortable, sizable lead, and. Uh, they had the luxury of just kind of coasting to a, a central win, but that's not the case this year. We've got the Brewers hot on our tail and the Cardinals for that matter too, are are not out of it either. And, you know, like you said, the nationals, obviously they're not the, uh, they're not the, uh, the dominant team that they have been the last few years, at least in the regular season, they're choke artists in the postseason, but it's still not going to be, a cakewalk series because you're going to have to go through Strasburg and Scherzer. So, I mean, that's, that's not a given that they're going to win that series either. I mean, they could very easily split or lose, you know, but uh, even, you know, no matter what happens, I think they get the Brewers right after this national series. So they lose a little ground. They can make it back up pretty quickly. You got to hope that they can, obviously. Now, I'm really not trying to sound like the sky's falling here because, again, the same thing happened last year. And you know what? Sometimes you have a bad series. The Cubs were playing really good baseball before this. They took two out of three against the Phillies in Philadelphia. They won what I thought was a really big game in Atlanta, five to four. They beat Mike Fultonevich in that one makeup game. And you took care of business for the most part against the Mets. You beat Syndergaard and DeGrom. You beat Syndergaard more than DeGrom. Uh, that was, it wasn't really DeGrom's fault that they, uh, the Mets lost that yeah, game. But yeah. yeah, that's pretty generous. I don't know that you could say that they beat DeGrom. I think DeGrom kind of put, put it to them, and they, they ended up winning the game. But DeGr- it, was, it was definitely not Jacob DeGrom's fault. Right, yeah, not at all. They beat no Syndergaard, though, and they beat Fultonevich, and they beat Nola. They actually hit well off those guys uh, coming in. Yeah, that was... That was nice to see, yeah, because those are some those are some of the top pitchers in the league right now. That was those were those were no uh, uh, cupcakes there. Certainly not. And then going to the Brewers series, you thought you got a guy in Zach Davies who hasn't pitched since May, and his ERA was high, but the Cubs just can't hit that dude. They just can't. It's it's frustrating. Yeah, it is. I I don't know what it is about that guy. He he gets compared to Kyle Hendricks sometimes. It, but uh, yeah, they they just don't have Zach Davies figured out, and that that is frustrating because he's not or Wade Miley for that matter. <laughs> no, and and well, and 
to his credit, Wade Miley has kind of uh, resurrected himself a little. He's really had a go of it the last few years, but uh, he he seems to have things kind of sort of figured out in Milwaukee. And, but I mean, I'm sure he is that and overperforming, you know, for what he's got. But, uh, yeah, it's it, – those are the kind of pitchers that you, you would hope the Cubs would, would just mash against, but that hasn't been the case. No, it really hasn't. And it's kind of fitting that one narrative that people like to talk about. The Cubs could hit these hard-throwing aces, but when it comes to these soft-tossing junkers, they have a lot of problem with it. And also, you would have hoped that the return of Chris Bryant would have really helped uh, hit some of those pitchers um, of Milwaukee in this series. Unfortunately, that has not been the case. Uh, Really quick on Chris Bryant. He came back during the Philly series, got a few hits, and then he had a hit or two in the next game. But against Milwaukee, eh, I don't know. He just doesn't look right. There's, yeah, I, I don't know if it's lingering, but or if it's just rust, but something just doesn't look right. Yeah, I, I don't know either. He's striking out an awful lot since he's come back. It, it almost seems like if he's not getting a hit, he's whiffing. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt for now. He missed a lot of time, and it could be yes, some rust. You know, it might just take a little while for him to get settled back in and find his groove again. Um, and I hope that's the case because they're sure going to need him. Yeah, me too. And I'm not trying to lose confidence in the guy. It's just you could tell that he's not 100% there yet, and that's kind of expected. You just kind of hoped that you would have seen a little more, but you can't really be mad at the guy. Now, game one of the Milwaukee series, Anthony Rizzo hits the go-ahead home run off Josh Hader, goes from a 2-1 deficit to a 3-2 lead. There were still six outs to get from the bullpen. But after that home run, I was feeling pretty good. And that almost felt like the nail in the coffin for the Brewers NL Central chances. But you know what? Unfortunately, the bullpen wasn't sharp. They walked guys and the Brewers ended up winning the game. That to me was really frustrating because the game the next day was it was incredibly awfully played. It was awful. The, the play was terrible. But it wouldn't have been as frustrating. You could just say, oh, it was a bad game, if they had won that first game. I felt like that first game felt more of a gut punch of a loss than losing 11-1. to I don't know what your opinion is, but that's how I felt. Yeah, I, I agree, because when Rizzo hit that go-ahead homer, I thought, okay, this the Cubs just won the game. You know, the bullpen... They've been yep. pretty sharp lately. They'll close this out. That's that's a good comeback win, but nope. And I almost wonder if, you know, not to uh, – I don't mean to be like a backseat manager here, but uh, I almost wonder if Joe Madden should have a, a shorter leash with Carl Edwards. I think he should have. I think that after the bases were loaded, he should have definitely got him out of there. He left him yeah. in a bat or two too long. Because, yeah, let's face it, you could kind of tell when Carl Edwards Jr. doesn't have it. Like, it's pretty obvious when he doesn't have it. Exactly. And I think that exactly. if those signs show up, you got to yank him. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I was going to say pretty much the same thing, that you know, even if he gets an out on that first batter, it, it's really not hard to tell when he just doesn't have control 
on a particular day. And you know, going into the playoffs, that's not something that you can that you can risk. That's that's not a gamble you should take. It's easier said than done, though, because let's face it, with oh, yeah. all these consecutive games played, your bullpen has worked pretty hard. Even though the starting pitching has been a lot better, you still have to work really hard. So it, it's tougher for Joe Madden. I think it is also easy to argue that it was a pretty obvious call not to keep him in there after the bases loaded walk. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he should have been yanked a couple batters before that. It, it, not one of not one of Carl's better outings there. Or just the bullpen as a whole for that matter, because it was ugly in the eighth and it was ugly in the ninth. Uh, could have been yeah, ugly in the eighth. Was, okay. but was that? Rosario was okay that game, Randy Rosario. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But he, he, he gave him an inning, strikeouts, no run. But, you know, C-Shack, not his best. And But, uh, yeah, that's that's just a game to forget about. Yeah, for sure. And especially the game the next day, Mike Montgomery pitched, didn't look very sharp, a lot of bad misplays in the field wild pitches. It was just, Ooh, it was bad. I I don't even want to get into the details about that one. So when I watched the game, I kind of watched them thinking they're looking a little sluggish. And I think that comes to the question, is this long consecutive stretch of games finally catching up on them? Before I read you the Twitter poll results from today, I kind of just wanted to know what you thought about that. I mean, They've been down this road before. They 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 knew it was coming, and you know it, that could be the case. They could be there could be a little fatigue going on there. But uh, you know, these other teams in the slow, and you just got to power through it because they they don't have any other choice. Like this is, it's now or never right now. Every game is just vitally important right now. It is. It is. Now, the Twitter poll that I ran, uh, it basically asked what I just asked you. Is it catching up to them? The options were yes, no, or a little bit of both. 68% of the voters voted for a little bit of both. So no being it was just a bad stretch of games. Yes being, yeah, it's catching up to them physically. And then obviously a little both would be a little column A, a little column B. Maybe they're a little tired and they're just having some bad games. It's just not a good combination. Uh, so I think I can agree with the majority of the vote, a little bit of both. Because yeah, one it, of the hard thing, one of the hard things is that they've had to travel. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not been an easy travel schedule. A lot of, a lot of long distance flying around. You go from Atlanta to Philly to Milwaukee, then you got to go to DC. And then you finally come home and don't have any days off. You've got to go right to playing the Brewers again. It's tough, man. Yeah, that's, yeah, that would be exhausting, doing all of that just back to back to back. That would be really tiring. But it should be – that poll should have been 100% a little bit of both because th- this is just what the Cubs do. Like, if we've learned anything from the Cubs the last three or four years, that this is just this is just their identity. You know, they, they have series like this where they just get – romped on by teams that they're better than and we just need to accept the fact that that's who they are this happens every once in a while but they've also taught us that in the end they come out on top 
Yeah, and that's why there's still a lot of optimism and confidence. And, I mean, when you think about it, it's really just two bad games. And, obviously, you can go back in any baseball season for any team and look at a really bad stretch of games. It's not that the team isn't up to the challenge, I don't think. It's just the timing isn't right. You know, it's just bad timing. This isn't some game in June against the Reds or the Pirates or the Mets. You know, this is a game in September against the team that's right behind you in the division. And that's what kind of elevates these last two bad games so much more. If you would have lost the first game, Monday's game, in the same fashion against the Mets in June, yeah, people would be, you know, grumbly about it, but you'd forget about it almost in the blink of an eye. But it's just a little more elevated considering the timing and the opponent. Right, and but you, they can correct it tonight. I mean, they they get a nice win tonight, go into this series with Washington. I'd be fine if they split with Washington. And I think most people are going to – some people are going to say, oh, that they need to take three out of four, and I hope they do. I hope they sweep. But I think if they split in Washington and then win this series, the next series with the Brewers, they'd be in really good shape because they've got the, the Reds after that. So they've, they've got a real chance to pad their lead here if they can start taking care of business. Yeah, exactly. And we say start by taking care of business as in just doing it again because they've been taking care of business very well, as earlier stated. That's what makes this so frustrating. Because if you'd ask, would you rather see them lose two out of three to the Phillies or to the Brewers, you would choose the Phillies and you'd rather win the Brewers series. But, you know, that ain't how it works. You, you play every game every day and uh, you can only play the games you're in. No hypotheticals or what's that. Though, my one hypothetical thought that I have, and some people will agree, some people won't, just going back to that game, against the Brewers, the game one on Monday. And I promise this will be the last time I bring it up, but I I truly believe that if the Cubs win that game, Brewers chances of winning the division, they're gone. It'd be over. I don't know what you think. I mean, yeah, that would be a huge blow to their psyche. I think, I mean, chance to get in their heads a little bit. I, I could, I could roll with that. And you'd be up six games at that point. And you just look at the mathematics of it and you would just, you'd say, you'd look at it and just, you know, it, it wouldn't really look very likely that the Brewers would come back. And even so, as we speak, it would still take a pretty decent run by the Brewers and a pretty mediocre one by the Cubs for the Brewers to catch them. It's not impossible, but it's, it's not, not like, either. oh, it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, it, this, is, this is no doubt this is a bit of a missed opportunity, dropping this series. But, but things are still looking really good for the Cubs. I mean, like you said, they haven't been on some long skid. They were playing really good baseball up until this point. So it's, it's not like they're on some kind of downward spiral. It's just a little bump in the road, that's all. Uh, get a win tonight, play well against Washington, back on track. Yeah, and again, hopefully when you're listening to this, uh, it will be what we've hoped for, a win in the finale. But um, I don't have much else to say about the team's play in Milwaukee, but 
there's been a lot of bantering back and forth between the two sides and debate over what's a rivalry and what isn't. Obviously, Cole Hamill says he's not sure if it's a rivalry when Cubs fans are invading Miller Park. I don't know really how you define rivalry. I think there's two different aspects of rivalry. There's the team perspective in which two teams are playing for one common thing. And in this case, it's the NL Central. Or there's the rivalry of the fans where it is just fans going at each other because they don't like each other. I mean, the Cubs and Cardinals the last two years have been rivals from both perspectives. They were both playing for the NL Central or the playoffs. And the fans, you know, obviously they've been clashing for over 100 years now. I mean, right now, are the Brewers a rival to the Cubs right now? I would say yes, because, you know, obviously the division race is tight and it's not like they're the Reds and they're out of the race. Um, And I think there's a rivalry among the fans, even though it doesn't look lopsided. But I think the Cubs are much bigger rivals to the Brewers than the Brewers are to the Cubs. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I completely agree with that. That, you know, and I'm from Nebraska, and not to not to go off the topic of baseball here, but it, it it to me it's always seemed like Iowa wanted Nebraska to be their rival way more than Nebraska wants Iowa to be their rival, and I think it's the sure. same way with, I think it's the same way with the Brewers and the Cubs, like. I don't care what the standings are. It's always going to be Cubs Cardinals and the Brewers are just always going to be the little brother in that. Like that's, there is no scenario in which the Brewers are a bigger rival to either team than the Cubs and the Cardinals. And that's just the way it's always been. It's the way it's always going to be. And I suppose they're rivals just in that it's a close race right now. Uh, But other than that, Cole Hamels is right. When the Cubs, when the Cubs are filling the stands, in the Brewers ballpark more than Brewers fans. I mean, the fans have to do their part too. Like part of a rivalry is, is with the fans too. And if Brewers fans aren't even attending their own home games, then I don't know how you can call it uh, much of a rivalry. I know some Brewers fans don't like going to Miller park during Cubs games because of how many Cubs fans are there. Um, but I well, guess that's, that's stupid. That's how you do something about it, going to the games. Well, I agree. I agree. <laughs> that's that's moronic. Well, I mean, look, if you don't want to go to the games because of the Cubs fans, whatever, but the one thing that they cannot deny is that the Cubs always have a presence there because of the Cubs fans. You just That's yeah. something you can't deny. Cole Hamels was absolutely right in saying that there are a lot of Cubs fans taking over the stadium because that has been the case. Look, if you don't want to be part of that stadium atmosphere, fine. I'm not going to judge you on that. If you don't want to be anywhere near that, whatever, but you can't deny that the Cubs have a presence there. That's, that's just flat out true. Well, yeah, they do. And you know what? Brewers fans, they had a chance to end that too, because they, they had that promotion at the beginning of the season where they, they opened up tickets uh, for Cubs series to just Wisconsin residents uh, for a short while. And and obviously they didn't take advantage of that. I still think a lot of the Cubs fan uh, Wisconsinites took advantage of that because there's a lot of Cubs fans in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. It's not, they're not that far apart. And think about it before the Brewers were there, 
Chicago baseball was kind of a big part of Wisconsin outside of when like the, the Braves were there. Cause remember the Braves were the Milwaukee Braves for some time, but right. you know, there were a number of years where there was no major league baseball team in Wisconsin. And, you know, the Cubs at WGN and people got a lot of games there. The White Sox played at County stadium uh, for a few games. Uh, they just kind of went up there and played a few games. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of Chicago baseball fans and several generations of Chicago baseball fans in Wisconsin. Yeah, it's 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 a, a fairly short drive uh from Chicago to to Milwaukee. It's 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 doable. Um but still, you know, it's I I just have a hard time calling it a, a real rivalry when one side of that just doesn't seem that interested. And I mean, that's fair because a lot of us define rivalry as something a little different. I will say right now, currently, the Brewers are a rival team because of the race. I will never consider them a bigger rival than the Cardinals, though I will consider the Brewers a bigger rivalry than the White Sox because the Cubs and White Sox are not rivals. That's a whole different tangent that I could get on. And a bigger rival than the Pirates or the Reds because they're further down the division and they're currently not, like, you know, they're not playing for the same thing. Because sometimes I think rivalries are kind of temporary. There's established ones like Bears-Packers will always be a rivalry. Uh, Cubs-Cardinals will always be a rivalry. Yankees-Red Sox always will be a rivalry. But, you know, there are some years where the Brewers are a rival to the Cubs and sometimes where the Brewers aren't good or the Cubs aren't good. And, you know, they're not really rivals. They just play each other in the division. So sometimes I think those kind of rivalries are fickle just depending on the status of the team. Right. If, if this is a rivalry, it's it's a short-term thing. It's This is not some right. sort of budding new uh, rivalry that's going to last over the decades. Like, this is this is just a temporary thing while the Brewers and Cubs are both a decent team. Uh, but, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's that'll never overtake Cubs cards. Oh, no, never, 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 never. Heck, when I was, when I was a kid, I went to a couple of Cubs-Brewers games in Milwaukee, like in 2004, 2005. And the Cubs were still competitive back then. The Brewers were not. And I loved Miller Park so much that the Brewers kind of became my second favorite team when I was a kid. Um, obviously, Ew. things changed as, um, you know, time went on. But, uh, you know, th- things change in that kind of aspect. If it's not a historical rivalry, you know, it's things change like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just... This will only be like the tenth time I've said it on this show, but I really, I really don't like the Brewers, and it's not, it's not a hatred thing. It's they just find them so blasted boring. Like there's, there's nothing interesting about them at all. I'm so glad they're not our rival, because man, they, they, they suck. Not in, not in the uh, talent sense, but just everything about their organization is just so dry to me. It, bleh. Hmm. You know, I, I the, actually do the Sam's Club mashed potatoes of baseball. That's an interesting comparison, but I could only imagine yeah. how bland those must be. It's the best I could do and, and on a whim here. Well, I'll tell you what. I would have said the same thing about the Brewers in 2015, 2016 when they were bad. I thought those teams were as uninteresting as it gets. At least now that they're good, they have some good players on their squad. 
And, you know, no matter what, I still do like Miller Park a lot. I think that's a, a nice stadium. It's a good place to go. It's much cheaper than yeah. Wrigley Field. So, really? You know, personally, I mean, I, I haven't been to Miller Park, but it, on TV, it looks pretty ugly to me, especially when they have the roof closed. Like, I, I'm, you know, you know how anti-dome I am, but and yeah, I, don't I know. know how anti-dome you are. Yeah, um, but I, I will give it to them that you know, Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain helps them out a little bit. If they didn't have either of those guys, though, who, what would be exciting about that roster? Nothing. Yeah, probably very little. And honestly, I think without Kane and Yelich, they wouldn't be anywhere near where they are now. Um, I mean, those two are great ball players. They really are. Yeah. But back yeah. to Miller Park really quick. It's actually a pretty nice place. It, if you're actually there, it's it's a bit nicer than it looks on TV. It's, it's hard to describe, but there's a lot in there. So it's a fun place to go. I'm not saying it's the best ballpark in the world, but it's a nice place to go. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure it's it's comfortable and accommodating, but the, the the aesthetic of it has has a lot to do with it for me. Like, and, and it just doesn't have that that appeal that that I think makes certain ballparks great. I, I don't. That's just me, though. Yeah, I, I got to visit more ballparks to kind of judge, but I, I know what you mean. I definitely know what you mean. Um, it's that's kind of how I feel about. Uh, the White Sox stadium because the concourses and the food selection there are very nice, but overall there's really nothing unique about the ballpark. It's not a bad ballpark, but it's not one that I think I'd be dying to go to constantly. Like I, I very, do enjoy yeah. there, but it's not amazing. Very generic. Right. And it's, I think it's regarded as being one of the worst in the league too, isn't it? And like I if don't you, think if you, that's fair. I'd say it's well, middle I'm, of the road. Okay. I, I, maybe, maybe. Because I don't think you could get anywhere near bad as Oakland Coliseum or Tropicana Field. And I'm sorry, I think Marlins Park is ugly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there can't be anyone in the world who, who would disagree with that, right? I mean, Marlins Park is an, an atrocity. That it's, it's a disgrace. And frankly, I think the new Yankee stadium is very bland. It's just a cement dungeon. That, that's I, how I, I agree see with it. that. I agree with that. I, I completely on board with that. There's, there's really, there's nothing special about new Yankee stadium. The old one as outdated as it was, that was a had, unique place. Yes. It had character. The atmosphere was as good as it gets. Right. And they, and they tried to, they tried to recreate that into something modern with new Yankee stadium. And I, I don't think they succeeded in that. It's it's, I would put it in the same uh, category as uh, the white Sox field. It's, it's pretty generic. I agree. And I think the white Sox field, just as it looks based on what I've seen from both, just the look, I think the white Sox field is a little better looking. Like I said, I'd put it middle of the road as stadiums. I wouldn't regard it as one of the worst, but it's certainly not a top 10. I would rank it somewhere like in the, like, I don't know, 20, 19, 18-ish area, maybe 15. Because uh, I don't want to knock it because there are some really nice things about it, but it's not the best. But it gets the job done. 
No, no. Uh, so, so let me ask you then. What what is your what's your favorite uh, baseball park besides Wrigley? Let, let, maybe Wrigley isn't your favorite, but uh, just let's just leave that one out of it. Well, Wrigley will always be my favorite. Um, are you counting minor league parks as well, or just majors? No, let's just no. Let, let's just do majors. Um, I haven't been to all that many. I have to give credit to Bush Stadium. That is a nice place. Um, I mean, you'll probably laugh at me, but I really do like Miller Park. I, I really do like that place. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sitting here quietly judging you for that. I'm I'm genuinely surprised by that. I'm disappointed in you. Well, to be fair, I I've only been to like four of the major league ballparks, so there's not much to choose from. I haven't been I haven't been to any of them either, but you know I I I can get a good idea just looking at you know watching them on TV and but yeah I I agree on Bush though like some people have a real problem acknowledging cool stadium uniforms whatever when it's a team they hate and I really don't like I've always thought that the Cardinals have some of the best uniforms in the league Bush Stadium yeah. Bush Stadium is a really good looking ballpark. Um, I really like Camden Yards. I, I've always thought Camden Yards Orioles is one of the better looking parks. I don't think league. anyone dislikes Camden Yards. Have you ever no, heard a baseball fan say they dislike Camden Yards? No, I don't. I don't think I have. No, it, it's just a really good looking place. I'd love to visit there sometime. Me too. Uh, obviously, Fenway has got a classic look. I really like PNC Park too, the Pirates Field. Yeah, that's with the. The bridge uh, in the background and the outfield, the the river. It's that's a really cool looking place too. Uh, Dodger Stadium is right up there too. Um, eh. Really, not eh. not feeling Dodger Stadium, huh? It's kind of a classic. Yeah, but eh, like I I don't think it's like terrible, but I don't know. There's something about it that just doesn't really appeal to me. Really? Like, yeah. Any? Can you get more specific than that? I know this sounds kind of stupid, but I always thought the color scheme was a little ugly. I liked it better okay. when, like, it was more dark blue in there. So, so you mean like the, uh, like the powder blue seats? You, you're not a fan of? Yeah. And it just, See, I like it. Looks it. So ca- I'm into it. It looks so cavernous to me. Okay. I I can roll with that, and I mean. While we're on the subject, I'll say the worst is probably Tropicana. That's oh, that's bad. That's one of the that's one of the worst looking professional sports venues ever. Like that, how how did they how did they build that and say, "Yep, we we did it. Good job." Like that that oh my god. I, yeah. I'm just at a loss for words how ugly that place is. Yeah, it's not good. The stadium that I was going to go to about 10 years ago, but unfortunately uh, we had to cancel the trip. This is often considered the nicest ballpark, and I want to go so bad eventually. AT&T, the Giants Stadium. That place looks like a palace. Oh, you know what? I, I should have mentioned AT&T, too, because AT&T looks I, – I think AT&T looks pretty nice, too. Yeah. It's got, it's got a good mixture – of of modern, but also with some distinctive, unique character to it too. There's a little yeah. rustic in it, yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it's got a good mixture of both that works. Real quick, 
is there one stadium that you are just so eh about as an indifferent, like you don't hate it, but you think it's just, it's very generic. And we already talked about guaranteed rates. So that's out. Um, I know you have your mixed feelings about Miller Park, but is there a stadium that you're just very eh about when you think about it? There's, there's probably a lot of them. Uh, I think uh, Safeco Field is regarded as being pretty cool, and I'm, I'm really not – I don't feel strongly either way about it. I don't think it's the ugliest-looking park. I don't think it's anything special either. That was exactly uh, the stadium I was thinking of. Yeah, I kind of I feel the same about Petco, too. I don't really – don't really have any strong feelings about Petco Park either. That I want to see, but then again, I really just want to see San Diego. Yeah, that's that's what I think it is for most people. Like, oh, I really want to visit Petco. Like, just just be you just want to you just want to go to California. And yeah, and you can't blame them for that, can you? No. Nope, I mean, nope, I could. Nope. I mean, that's a, that's a city. That's a state full of hippies. Well, but. yeah, but. <laughs> That's such a you answer. That's funny. <laughs> I kind of I kind of want to visit Coors and Angel Stadium. I like what they have going on with the the rocks in the outfield and the trees. It looks kind of cool. That's a stadium you kind of want to visit a little more for historical value because it has been around for a while. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I left out Oco when we were talking about ugly stadiums too. Oakland Coliseum's pretty bad. Well, you don't have to say that. We I all like know it's it. bad. Yeah, it's it's bad. That's multi-purpose stadiums need to be a thing of the past. Yeah, I mean that's 1970s stuff right there. Yeah. So, our last subject is going to be a little bit down um crazy road and it's called irrational fears. And just a disclaimer before you listen to this, before we sound like complete meatballs, we emphasize that these following opinions are irrational, as in we know they're crazy. But sometimes, let's face it, us as sports fans, we have irrational thoughts. Even some of the smartest sports fans, you are never not a meatball, like ever. You will always have a meatball moment. That's just part of being a sports fan. And Now's the time for us to share an irrational fear or two we have about the Chicago Cubs, and it could be anything. So, Adam, I'm going to put you on the spot. What is one irrational fear that you have with the Chicago Cubs? It could be the team now. It could be a player. It could be anything. Anything. Anything? Uh, I, don't, anything. I don't know that any of it is irrational, though. I'm, I'm, I'm the most rational person you've ever met in your entire life. I've never okay, had I'm going to count that as your rational my thought because that's clearly wrong. <laughs> okay, your turn, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I worry about the bullpen. I, okay. I don't think that's irrational, though. I, I really do believe that should the Cubs win the Central, I do believe that their bullpen could be a huge, huge hindrance to them advancing. Well, that's kind of related to the latest news. Because Brandon Morrow, we don't know what the heck's really going on with him, but um, running out of time to get him ready, and uh, Joe is not feeling too good about him. He says, barely enough time for Morrow to return. It'll be lucky if he does. Uh, so we may very well not be without our closer. So, yeah, that's not very rational. I think, I think the bullpen is very good. 
I think that the bullpen can sustain itself, but not having your closer, that, that sucks. Yeah, that's, that's no bueno. And that I, I don't, to be honest, I kind of forgot about him. It's been so long since they've had him that I, it, honestly, when you bring it up, it's like, Oh yeah, Brandon Morrow, that was a thing. Yeah, I know. And it's weird because though you forget about him, he was a pretty dang good closer when he was healthy. Oh, yeah. He was lights out most of the time. Yeah. So I guess that doesn't really count as much as irrational. If you have something much more rational, we'd love to hear it. Uh, Let's see. Um. Man, I really, I really don't. I kind of worry about Baez resorting back to his uh, swinging at, at low and away pitches to strike out. I, I kind of worry about him going back to that once they get into the playoffs. I don't know why. There's and you know that was brought thought. up. That was brought yeah. up in um, our group checks. I asked the guys, "What are your irrational fears?" And I got a bunch of answers. And one said, uh, "Baez." Uh, going back to his normal numbers season, like season by season, which aren't bad numbers, but they're not like these. Some people think that maybe this season was just a career year. I I don't know if I believe that or not, but I'm sure there are some people thinking it. Probably is a career year. Let's be honest. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to repeat what he's done. That doesn't mean he's going to, he's going to do what he did. uh, And, you know, uh, 2016, 2017 doesn't mean that he's he's going to slide all the way back down to that level, but to hit 300 with 30 plus homers and over 100 RBI like that, you can't expect that to be the bar for him the rest of his career. But I do I do worry I think about him. Compromise. Yeah, I do worry about him uh, uh, sliding a little bit in the postseason because let's be honest, October it's it just has a different feel to it and. You know, some guys handle it better than others. Uh, but, I, yeah, I do worry about Javi having a, a tough time in October. Okay. All right. Um, so we have three minutes left, so I'm going to just quickly share mine, and you'll get a quick thought on it from you. My rational fear is that Chris Bryant's career is going to be semi-derailed by a bunch of nagging injuries and that that last shoulder injury – was kind of a sign of things to come. That is kind of my irrational fear because he has so much talent. He has had such a good short career as it is, but these nagging injuries can really hinder a person's ability. And I do worry about that a little bit. Maybe it doesn't happen and Bryant will be Bryant and he won't get hurt much from often. But I mean, let's face it, the past two years, he's dealt with a lot of nagging injuries. Boy, I hope you're wrong. That's me too. It's it's really hard for me to dispute that because that, you know, there isn't really anything that would make me say, oh, no, that's crazy. Like, I, I could see that happening, um, and I really hope that's not the case. That's that's all I can say is that I really hope that doesn't end up happening. Me too, me too. So I'm sure we could go off on this topic for a while, um, but we are really pretty much just out of time. So we're going to hope right now the game just started, Cubs-Brewers. Hopefully when you're listening to this, they've won. But if they haven't, it looks a little bad, but hang in there. They'll still have a two-game lead no matter what, and they they can rebound. So 
just hang tight, Cubs fans. Um, I'm sure everything will be okay at the end of the day. But, uh, Adam, as usual, thanks again for being here. Yep. Adios. All righty. Uh, just a reminder that you could follow Cubby's Crib on Twitter. You could also check out this show on iTunes as well as Spreaker. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family to give it a listen. We always appreciate uh, shares. So until next week, he's Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night, and we will see you later. Today, I will not stress over the things I cannot control. If you live with anxiety or depression, you're not alone. Linden Oaks Behavioral Health is here to help you manage your symptoms so you can live your best life. Visit eehealth.org anxiety, and our experts will connect you with treatment in your area, including our location in Hinsdale. Help for anxiety and depression close to home. Linden Oaks Behavioral Health. Today, I will not stress over the things I cannot control. If you live with anxiety or depression, you're not alone. Linden Oaks Behavioral Health is here to help you manage your symptoms so you can live your best life. Visit eehealth.org anxiety, and our experts will connect you with treatment in your area, including our location in Hinsdale. Help for anxiety and depression close to home. Linden Oaks Behavioral Health.